Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, I've been a believer now for over 30 years. And as I look back on the 31 years, there's been a whole gamut of experiences. I remember when I first became a believer, I went to a little bitty independent Baptist church in West Columbia, South Carolina, and those were some of the foundational years in my Christian life, but there was a lot of of legalism. So from that gamut to God's been kind of progressing me along in the 31 years to where you just kind of realize there's something missing with with our spirituality and Christianity in America. So I've, I've been looking at my own life and looking at, I've been sensing through the messages over the last year, and, I, and I've realized that we want something more from our spirituality from our Christianity. Am I right in saying that? It's almost like we don't even know what we want. We just know that there has to be something more. Because what we're struggling with is empty spirituality. What do you mean by that, George? Well, I've I've got four things I want to point out here about empty spirituality. And I'm a pastor, so I'm like the face of it. I'm like the upfront guy of a system that seems almost bankrupt. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's let's take a look here. When we talk about empty spirituality, and I'm just talking about in a generic sense. I'm not talking about any specific church. I'm just talking about it in a generic sense of where we're at in North America with our Christianity, and maybe where you're at. Here's the emptiness of spirituality. Number one, church has been reduced simply to attending and giving. That's what church is about. Church is about how many people are in the pew. How many, how many people are warming the pew with, with their bottom side? How many, how many bottom sides are in the pew? And, and how many of you are giving? Now, giving is how, how much is coming in in the offering plate and how much are you, are, are you giving of your time for whatever position and whatever projects going on? Giving. We've reduced church down to how many are attending and how many are giving. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, we, we've worked out systems in Christianity, I know because I've studied them, where we, we figure out how to get more p- people in the pews and more money coming in. We've, it's almost like a science. They call it, it's called church growth. You know, and, and, and maybe you've been in a church where they got a new pastor and he came up with a new idea and this is what we got to do to get, let's get back to what it is, more people in the pew and more, more giving. And, and, and you are there. And, and you've adopted that mentality. It's, it's just simply 
a spectator. You're, church has reduced people down to, let's just go ahead and say it. If you want to write this down, being spectators. Is, is the place comfortable enough? Is the coffee good enough? Do they have my creamer? Do, do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, are they meeting my needs? Is the music good? That's just emptiness. It's, it's just emptiness. Church has been reduced simply to attending and giving. Here's the second thing, and these are not in any particular order. I, I, I just wrote these down as, as I, they were coming to my mind about the emptiness of our spirituality. The, the basis for our actions as believers has become lost to us. The basis for our actions as believers has become lost to us. So why are you here this morning? If we went around, I'm not going to do this. If I, if I took Brad's microphone and I went around and I said, okay, so why are you here this morning? We'd have 300 different answers. Well, you say there's not 300 people here. No, but you'd have three or four yourself because you're not even sure. Well, you know, I'm here for this. Oh, you know, can I, can I change my answer? We're not sure why we do what we're doing. Why do you give? Why do you pray? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you volunteer? Why did you come to church? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Do you understand? We're not even sure anymore why we're doing what we're doing. We do it because that's what we do, because we're Christian. And it's almost meaningless to us. It becomes such a routine. It's not real to us. Did you understand what I'm saying? Empty spirit, the basis of our actions as believers has become lost to us. So why do you pray? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you come to church? Why do you help your neighbor? Why do you give? I mean, if you've got to sit there for the longest time and think about that, you can pretty well be sure that it's become lost. Did you know what I'm saying? It's become lost. Here, here's the other thing I want you to see about empty spirituality. Our spirituality is marked by the absence of joy. John said this in 1 John. He says, 1 John chapter 1, verse 4, And these things I write to you that your joy may be full. Here's what I want you to understand. This is... You know what? Can I be honest with you? If you talk to most people, they go in most churches, the, one of the things that you'll hear, they just look grumpy. Christians just look grumpy. And they, they have this concept that we want to stop all people from enjoying life. And there's no joy. And, it, and it's like, you know, I think of some, I think of people in my church background of, who were, quote, supposed to be spiritual. And I one thing I realized, they never smiled. There was no laughter. The joy was missing. But John said, these things I've written to you that your joy may be full. I mean, one of the things that's missing from our spirituality is joy. Now, I'm not talking about happiness. Let me just stop for a moment. Happiness is fleeting. Do you understand what I'm saying? Happiness, I can wake up one morning and feel happy. The next morning I can wake up 
and I don't feel happy at all. Do you understand what I'm saying? But joy is something deeper. Because you can have joy in the midst of your heartache, in the midst of your conflict, because you know you have somebody. Do you know what I'm saying? That somebody's there with you. So we've got this empty spirituality. You said, well, you said four things. Well, there's one more. Christianity has become simply an option among many. Just an option. And church has become just an option. You know, hey, what kind of church do you want to go to? You want to dress up? We've got churches in town that you can go to where you can dress up every Sunday. You want a rock and roll church? We've got that type of variety of church where you can go and, and bang your head and enjoy life. Do you know what I'm saying? Or if you want the come-as-you-are casual church, hey, that's the kind of church we are. There are other churches like that. If you want, you know, a pop psychology message about how to be happy and how to have happy kids and how to have a green yard, you can find churches like that. You know what I'm saying? If you want churches where you just feel doomed every week, you can find a church where the guy's telling you how wrong you are. You know, we've got all kinds of options, and, and Christianity has just become an option among options. And it's not just how many, what kind of church you can go to. Just think about what there is to do on Sunday morning. And hey, it is July, and it is Sunday, but maybe something else came up. Maybe it's next Sunday, and it's reunion time, and you know how you love reunions. You get to see cousin so-and-so. Maybe I will come to church then. And it's, it's just options. We've reduced Christianity as simply an option among many options. And if I don't need it this week, then I don't need it. And to be honest with you, have you noticed that if you miss church, you realize real quick it's an option because you don't miss it. You know what I'm saying? You realize real quick that it's not really anything significant in your life because, hey, I missed it one week, I missed it two weeks. Oh, haven't I not been there in six weeks? Well, it obviously wasn't that big of an impact, was it? See, and that's empty spirituality, isn't it? And, and, and in the midst of that, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you, there's something that's within you that says, surely there's something more. Surely there's something more to this. Surely there's got to be something more that's going on here. And I'm going to explain something to you folks. Yes, there is something more. Because when we look at what the empty spirituality is, can I be honest with you, the reason why it's empty is because we have a wrong concept of a couple of things. Number one, we have a wrong concept of what church is. And we have a wrong concept of your personal spirituality. So that's why, can I be honest with you, we're entering into this new series called Listening for God. That's why we're going to, over the next few weeks, try to go deeper than the superficiality that we're used to. That's why we're going to try to stir you to pursue something that's worth pursuing. Do you understand what I'm saying? You ever, you ever wanted something so bad that you would do whatever for it? Do you know what I'm saying? 
I mean, you were just convinced this is what you have to do. So everything that is in your life is geared towards getting that. Maybe it's that fantastic new truck. So every time you talk about it, it's that fantastic new truck. And you just kind of, all of a sudden, the truck you're driving, you're, you're helping it fall apart. Do you know what I'm saying? So that you can get the new truck. We're going to talk about pursuing something that's worth pursuing. What is that? Here's what I'm going to explain to you. We're going to look at it today in three verses. Jesus tells two parables about the kingdom. And I'm just going to flat out tell you right off the bat who the kingdom is. The kingdom isn't a concept. The kingdom isn't a group of people. The kingdom is one person, Jesus. Remember, his message was, the kingdom of God is at hand. Why is the kingdom of God at hand? Because he's here. And so he's going to talk about the kingdom. And really, he's going to talk about him. See, that's the solution. It's Jesus. But problem is, is for most of us, Jesus is this abstract concept that maybe, maybe he can connect with me. But we're hoping he'll, he'll hear me and do something about it, right? Because it's kind of like the lottery. That's our concept. So let me just, just flat out tell you right now. Here's what we're looking at. We're going to look at chapter 13. We're going to look at verses 44 through 46. And what I'm hoping for you to see from these two different parables is that there's something worth pursuing. Look with me. Verse 44. And again, the kingdom of heaven... It's like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he has found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it. A couple of interesting parables here. It's interesting because Jesus doesn't explain them. He doesn't have to explain them. What he's talking about here is, is he's talking about the value of the kingdom and the value impressing the person, each, each individual, so much that they would be doing to do whatever it took to have it. That's Jesus. Let me just stop for a moment. It's not church. Because the fact of the matter is, is if somebody said to you, would you be willing to give up everything you had for church the way it is right now? Nobody would say, yeah, I'm signing up for that. You wouldn't sign up for that. Because it's empty. Let me just stop for a moment. I want you to think for a moment. How many of you tried to share your faith with somebody and they weren't interested? You see your hand here? Can I? Because it possibly be that the reason why they weren't interested is because they see the emptiness of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because they see the emptiness of it. So here's what he's talking about. We're going to look at it two ways. We're going to look at the treasure and the pearl. Verse 44 is the treasure. The kingdom is the treasure. Verse 45 and 46, the kingdom is the pearl of great price. Look with me, verse 44. Here's what I want you to see. 
Verse 44 brings it out. The kingdom, Jesus Christ, is more valuable than anything else. This guy, he's, he's a worker. He's out in the field. He's probably hired by somebody. And he's supposed to be working out in the field, and he just happens to stumble upon a lost treasure. Now, according to Jewish custom at that time, that if he brought the treasure up, it wouldn't be his. It would be the property of the owner of the land. So he, he doesn't tell anybody he finds this treasure, but what he does is, is that he realizes how precious and valuable it is. He goes and sells everything he has so that he can what? Buy the property. So he can have that treasure. That's how valuable it is. See, I think, can I be honest with you, what's missing with us is the concept of how valuable Jesus is to you. I'm convinced that the reason why a lot of American Christians are dead is because they haven't realized the salvation that they have from Jesus. They haven't realized what it means to be forgiven. They haven't realized what it means to be a new person in Christ. They haven't realized that. And they haven't truly comprehended that it took somebody dying on a cross for you to get there. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the kingdom, Jesus Christ, is more valuable than anything else. That's the first thing that comes out of this parable. It's more valuable than anything else. Here's the second thing I want you to see about the treasure. That is just to me that blows my mind. The man was willing to give up everything to have it. The man was willing to give up everything to have it. All right, let's stop. You know, as I've been pastoring you for the last couple of years now, and as we've, we've gone through message after message, and sometimes we, we hit it right on, and, and I express that question, do you want something more? And as I've interacted with folks during the week, maybe over coffee or whatever, or in my office, or just right around here at the church, I keep hearing the same thing. I want something more. I want something more in my Christian life. Now, now I, I, let me just stop for a moment. Because sometimes in our culture of Christianity... I am not talking about some experience. I am not talking about that at all. I am talking about something deep in your relationship with God. And what I'm sensing from people is not that they want an experience or want this, that, or they just want something more from God in their life. Am I right in saying that? Here's the question. First comes right out of the first parable. How much is that worth to you? How much is that worth to you? George, how much is that worth to you? You say all the time, George, oh, I know I need to go deeper. Oh, I need to have a deeper relationship with Jesus. Jesus, I just want to see you in my life. How much is that worth to you, George? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to give up in your life for it? See, this is a hard question. This is not the kind of question you can just answer in five minutes in church. 
This is the question you've got to think on and digest. What am I willing to give up? What thing that got a hold of you that you enjoy more than anything in life that maybe isn't good for you, are you willing to give up for it? Did you understand what I'm saying? What are you willing to give up for it? This man was willing to give up everything to have this treasure. If, if you realize, if, if, if I, and I'm trying to get you to see this, that there is a wonderful relationship with the living God who will interact with you on a daily basis in front of you that will bring a satisfaction to your soul. Let's just stop. We talked about that last week, about how there's an emptiness with us, isn't there? And we're trying to fill it with everything else, with sex, with food, with drugs, with work, with hobbies and everything. And there's no satisfaction there. But what I'm trying to say to you, that in front of you is something that will satisfy your soul. What will you be willing to give up for it? Now don't answer it quickly. Because it may cost you something. It may cost you something. This man was willing to give up everything for it. He uses one other illustration here about the pearl of great price to convey something about this worth pursuing. Look with me at verse 45, 46. And the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking a beautiful pearls who when he has found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it. Here's two things. Number one, the man was searching for a pearl beyond pearls. The man was searching for a pearl beyond pearls. Jesus says the kingdom is like a guy who's going out. He's a pearl merchant. He's he's a jeweler probably. And, And he's going out and he's looking for precious pearls. He's looking for not just any old pearl. He's not just looking for any old pearl that comes out of any old oyster. He's looking for a pearl. A pearl that'll knock your socks off. A pearl that a lady will want to wear around her neck or put on a ring or wear in her ear or whatever. I don't know. A pearl. He wants a pearl. And he's searching for it. See, this is the first thing I want you to see is, all right, we've talked about the emptiness. We've talked about how church is just simply just who, what hind end is sitting in a pew and who's given what. Or, or it's just lost to us, all of the religious ritual, and it's just another option. And, and we look at all that and we just say, emptiness, emptiness, surely there's something more there. Don't we say that? Surely there's something more. My question is, okay, is that driving you to look for something more? Is it driving you to look for something more? Because this guy was looking for something more. He wasn't just looking for any pearl. He wanted something more. He wanted a special pearl. Are you looking for something more? I hope you are. I hope you are. Or are we just kind of like living in a shack? Holes in the walls. Roof leaks, big storm comes up, and we've got pans all around gathering the raindrops, and we're looking around and saying, you know, one day, I know it would be a whole lot better in here if we worked on the roof. 
Maybe put some new siding on the place. But we never do anything about it. So we just kind of live with, oh, another storm coming up? Honey, get the pans! We just kind of exist in our empty spirituality. Isn't that what we're doing? Existing in our empty spirituality. Here's the thing I want you to see that comes out of this parable. The man was willing to make the total investment for it. First guy, he's willing to give up anything. Second guy, he's willing to make the total investment to get this pearl. Are you willing to make the total investment to get what you need for your spiritual life? Are you? I hope you are. So let me ask you some questions. Has your faith become empty and meaningless? Has your faith become empty and meaningless? Oh, I know I'm a Christian. But wait for the problem to come. See how you respond. If you respond like a human being, you try to figure it out on your own. Maybe prayer is an afterthought. Because the fact of the matter is, is you've just grown accustomed to not seeing God do anything. So you don't even bother asking. Has your faith become empty and meaningless? I'm I'm, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. For a lot of folks, that's where we're at. There's emptiness. It's meaningless. Here's another question to ask yourself. Do you long for something more? I hope this is true of you. I know this is true for me. I want something so much more. Do you long for something more? Do you? I long for something more, don't you? That's why we're doing this series. So here's our action point. I'm not going to ask you to pray something, okay? Normally, here's the action point. Ask the Holy Spirit. No, no, we're not going to ask the Holy Spirit to do anything. You've got to do something. You have to make the decision to pursue meaning for your faith. So here's the question. You know, a message like this, you start thinking, oh, yeah, I want something more. Okay, then just don't sit there and think about it. You've got to go beyond it and make a decision. Okay, God, I want something more. I want something more. Make that decision. In fact, here's the thing you've got to ask yourself. Are you willing to make the total investment for it? Are you willing to give up whatever it is that's got you ensnared for it? Hebrews talks about that, chapter 12. Let us lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us. What do you got to give up? The relationship with God is right there in front of you, folks. 
Do you want it? Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.